Welcome to the Boho News Podcast. Here, we share the latest news, comments and opinion from across the boutique, lifestyle and luxury hotel sectors, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name's Eloise Hansen, editor at BHN and host of this week's episode. This time, I'm speaking with Philip Bates, CEO at TMC Hospitality, about hybrid projects and the blurring between hotels and short-term rentals, group booking and travel trends, and the future of hotel developments. Well, Philip, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on my podcast today. And I'm going to kick off with um, a question around hybrid projects. It's a term that I'm seeing uh, used a lot in the industry at the moment. So my first question to you, Philip, is how can hotels take advantage of a hybrid offering? Well, first off, over the last probably decade, with the emergence of well-known brands such as WeWork or Airbnb or um, the the thriving lifestyle segment of the hotel industry, um, you've really started to see where kind of brand and experience play a really good role in all of these elements, whether you're working, whether you're living, dining, staying in a hotel. And what I think makes the hotel special in this regard is there's sort of a unique product type that can blend all of those, I think most proficiently because they tend to be more design and experience forward from the start, number one. Number two, they tend to have some excess space that they wanna use in creative ways. Um, and then number three, they're, they're far more inviting, I think, to locals than a normal office building or a normal residential building might be. And so I think all of those factors and, and, and more that I haven't listed um, make hotels a unique place to offer these hybrid offerings. I'm seeing more and more through my work and the stories that I'm publishing on boutique hotel news, the blurring between hotels and the short-term rental industry. Mm -hmm. It tends to be, um, at least what I'm seeing on my part, is those players that are within the short-term rental industry are wanting to now tap into the hotel market. However, there are the likes of people like Marriott and, and Mandarin Oriental who are now launching specific um, mm -hmm. home rental options, uh, you know, mm -hmm. within their broader portfolio. So with that in mind, do you think that the growing interest in, in hybrid hospitality projects could professionalize the vacation rental industry? Because I understand at the moment it is somewhat fragmented. It's still very new mm -hmm. in compared to, for example, the hotel space. So mm -hmm. if there's that opportunity to professionalize the short-term rental market, how might that look? And, and in, you know, in what way could mm -hmm. that happen? Yeah, I think the evolution of that space, both the realization from the short-term rental operator perspective that they can do better and then the realization from the hotel perspective that there's this massive market that we're not currently involved in um, it is, 
is something that's been occurring over the last decade and more, I think will continue to occur in the, in the future. But where I think the next sort of decade is going to be more interesting is really from the guest perspective, because I think both the vacation rental managers and the hoteliers are kind of coming at it initially from a business perspective of we see a opportunity here and I think that opportunity has been identified primarily through platforms like Airbnb. I think Airbnb should get the most credit for it, where they de-risked renting a vacation rental to the masses by uses of good photography, good marketing, good mm-hmm. review systems, all these kind of things. But where I think we need to go in the future is really enhancing these offerings for the guests. And because really, when you think about the people who are staying in these accommodations, they are sort of what we focus on, what we call a group leisure traveler or social group travelers. And when you're with a party of longtime friends or family or colleagues or college friends, um, your needs as a guest, there's kind of a lot of really interesting things you can do. And I think that's where the next decade we will see evolution in that space because I think it started with spotting the business model and now to outcompete each other, they're going to have to really offer more enhanced offerings to the guests. And I think that's where it's going to get really exciting and and competitive and interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, you've almost touched on a question that I'd set aside for a bit later. So whilst we're on that topic, around what are, I suppose, what are group travellers looking for? I mean, I understand that, that Bowdoin and Drift are a brand that, that cater to the mm-hmm. group leisure traveller. So what hotel amenities are proving popular then with this demographic? Yeah, um, yeah I, I think there's a lot. I'll, I'll use a project we're going to be opening uh, later this year for some shameless self-marketing. But I also think it's a good sort of use case. So we're opening this hotel in Palm Springs, California. Uh, It'll be called Drift Palm Springs. It'll be about 90 hotel rooms, but we'll be able to combine them into about 30 something, two, three or four bedroom units that have Mm -hmm. kind of chef kitchens, living rooms, huge patios you can have catered dinners on and stuff. And as we've built this project, we built it from the ground up and it's our first one that we built from the ground up. And we gave a lot of consideration to exactly what you're talking about. So things like our cabana experience, like when you look at just the cabanas, well, a lot of, a lot of hotels have cabanas that you can rent and things like that, but they're generally for one or two people. So our cabanas are a little bit more spacious. You'll have sort of a day bed, a, a bigger couch, more of a dining kind of experience where six to eight people could occupy that and you could be there by the pool all day. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, we'll have this sort of event lawn wherein um, you could take the whole property for a large family reunion or, or a large wedding where you could do private dinners at it mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, that I think in private dinner kind of is that's not a new thing right but things more like chef classes cocktail classes things like that that i think when you're with a group 
you might be a little bit more emboldened to try things like that than if you were traveling by yourself or with another person. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And then things like within the unit, you know, we gave a lot of thought to, we often see folks showing up with like groceries or, or alcohol for whatever they want to do during their stay. So we have, what if we bring the gourmet market into the unit? It's already there. Mm -hmm. And so the kitchens will be stocked and we'll have really, you know, handcrafted pasta, uh, like our favorite chips, oatmeals, ice creams, McConnell's ice creams, like a, a robust sort of cocktail program that you can make on your own, a good wine selection, things like that. And the idea there is really kind of every component of this building, um, how can we enhance that experience? Um, our food offering is not yet finalized, but I think it'll be something like a sort of birria taco offering where mm -hmm. it's sort of, uh, there's kind of a family or group oriented offering where stewed beef will be made and then tortillas will be provided with different kinds of things, sort of a make your own type style meal that can be brought, it can be consumed at the restaurant or it can be brought into your unit. Mm -hmm. Um, to have a more private dining experience. Um, or if you're in a larger party, you could take our event lawn or some of our event spaces. Mm -hmm. So looking then, I know you've used examples as um, dining and, and mm -hmm. um, college friends uh, getting together and you know celebrating whatever it might be. But I'd like to ask if you're seeing any booking trends amongst um, the group traveler demographic um, you know, and, and what's your future outlook for the rest of the year in terms of these bookings? Yeah, we, we, um, we just had our sort of company-wide revenue, weekly uh, revenue call yesterday. And we noticed that the group bookings are really surging mm. kind of in the last 60 days. And I think a lot of that has been kind of digesting Omicron and, and, and some of the mask restrictions and things like that are freeing up and people are wanting to travel again. And I think they're wanting to see people they haven't seen in a while or have, have leisure um, activities with friends and family and stuff. But the one area that came up yesterday that I was encouraged by is we're seeing more business travel in this way, which we didn't see for the last two or three years, because I think it's a little bit uncomfortable. Like, are you, is, is every business ready to travel with your colleagues and stay in kind of an apartment type setting? And um, I don't know if that's because maybe there's more remote work and people mm -hmm. want to kind of have more team building type things, or maybe just the millennials and Gen Z are taking up a larger portion of the um, business traveler yeah. and they're just a little bit more adventurous or more used to traveling that way but when we compared it we sort of yesterday we said okay let's take let's take 20 and 21 out because that was kind of an enigma and which just looked compared to 19 and it, yeah definitely the trend is up for group travel in the business sector which for us is very encouraging because we always very much outperform the market during leisure times mm -hmm. but business is generally where we'll struggle for for occupancy that is very reassuring. I'm sure there's going to be many listeners um, who are likewise going to be very encouraged by mm -hmm. that. I think the hotel industry 
at large is very much relying on the return of business travel to really push occupancy, ADR, RevPAR back up to those pre-pandemic levels. I know at least that's the sentiment here in the UK, particularly London. Mm -hmm. I'm in London now. I'm mm -hmm. staying at a central London hotel. Um, but but likewise, in, you know, in the US, I suppose the US has always relied quite heavily on, on, on domestic travel. Mm -hmm. But now that those borders are, are coming down, COVID is, is slowly becoming accepted as the norm. Yeah. That's right. So to speak. Um, but no, that, that's really, really encouraging to hear. So to package up what we have talked about thus far, Philip, how might future hotel development, the physical product now, be influenced by these changing consumer tastes? I think we'll see evolutions in kind of by market type. I think that um, for a long portion of our history, urban markets, convention markets, business markets have, have been able to have somewhat of a one-dimensional product. And um, they frankly got really big. You know, so when you start talking about thousand bedroom hotels that are convention oriented, I am, I am a person who's optimistic and hopeful that the convention business comes back. For sure, I am. I just, the only thing I question is, is with what velocity. And I think the cities that they go to are going to have to offer more. I think it's going to be very competitive kind of coming out. Mm -hmm. And I could see these larger convention hotels getting repositioned to have more elements like some of the themes we've talked about. I definitely think co-working options need to be considered. I think the traditional convention-oriented lobby is very stale and kind of, you know, it's geared toward breakouts and things like that. But I think some consideration toward a more active um, co-working type experience would be key. Mm -hmm. I think taking some of those rooms and combining them into multi-bedroom rooms whether you're doing kind of a co-living or a branded extended stay or, or more of a kind of our product, I think that needs to be considered. Um, and, and that is, those are some themes I think we'll see in more urban environments. Um, as it comes to leisure and drive to leisure markets, I think you're absolutely gonna be seeing much more group centered hybrid hotels being built ground up for sure. Um, to do that because I think that trend has just, it, it was growing substantially pre-COVID and COVID just underscored it with exclamation points that this is how people want to stay. Um, yeah. So I think you'll see a lot of that in like markets like Palm Springs, even, even places like Miami. <clears throat> yeah, okay. There was a time when um, COVID first struck and I thought repurposing assets being underperforming assets or those mm -hmm. that perhaps um, didn't have the capacity to survive would, would become quite a big trend. And it did for some time, but it's interesting to hear that, that from the new development ground up perspective, that you see that as a big trend moving forward. I should clarify that because I think 
I don't think you'll see much new ground up in urban environments. I think that'll be very challenging. Um, I think you will see some of the distress you referenced that we were all expecting to see early on, but, mm. but it hasn't. But I think this year you will see some of that when PPP is expired last year. It was kind of a tough winter, and I think lenders are going to be less forgiving this year. So I think you will see distress in urban environments. Where I do think you'll see ground up is more in the drive to leisures, simply because I don't think those markets to date have been built to handle the kind of demand and investment activity that has occurred over the last mm -hmm. 12 to 18 months and will continue to occur. Of course, we have inflation, rising labor, rising material costs that will all hurt that. Um, but I think that's where our hybrid conversation comes into play because what is also happening in those markets is uh, surging for sale home products. So you might see people doing more hybrids with residential components and things like that to help reduce their basis in the hotel and things like that. Well, exciting times ahead. And, and whilst we are on that note of looking forward, I have a final question for you today, Philip. And mm -hmm. it's quite a nice question because it's, again, it's, it's, it's getting excited about the future, but what is next for TMC Hospitality? You know, um, that's a good question. And it is an exciting question. I definitely agree with your sentiment that we have a lot to be optimistic about, even though um, it seems like the last 24 months have been uh, one negative surprise after the other. Um, I do think you can kind of feel it in the air a little bit, though, even though there's, you know, horrible things happening with Ukraine and things like that. Mm. Um, there is a certain sense in the air that there's a reason for optimism now. Um, for us, you know, we've been having a lot of fun in Baja, California. Um, and I'm, I'm actually here right now, and we're going to explore some cities um, where we're looking at some interesting projects. And I think... Um, what I love about this market for our products is it's almost all sort of social group leisure. That's what mm -hmm. people are coming here for. And it's also a market with some of the labor and rate dynamics where you can give a lot more bespoke offerings. Mm -hmm. And so I could see us doing more projects here and I, I might see a, a third brand, a little higher price point emerging in the next 12, 24 months. For those who don't know, why don't you um, define the difference between Bode and Drift as yeah. your two brands under TMC? Yeah. So when we look at our brands, we, we always want this sort of social group travel element. Um, Bode, I would liken to sort of a three and a half, four star product, competes with the likes of Moxie's and mm -hmm. kind of hipper Airbnbs. Um, and Drift, I would say, is four to four and a half star, which would compete with some of your more uh, kind of luxury retreat type Airbnbs and or um, some of your lifestyle hotels um, that you might see around town. Mm -hmm. Hoxton and things like that. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today, Philip. Like I said, you'll definitely be keeping me up to date as and when you have some announcements to make but otherwise enjoy the rest of your afternoon enjoy california yep and we'll touch base again very soon i will thank you for your time and uh, have a good evening there in london hope you enjoy your time at that hotel thank you
Thanks for listening to the Boho News podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with industry news, head on over to boutiquehotelnews.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter.